0: And away we go. All right, Um, Matt Alcoholic um, in Tokyo, Japan. I've been here since 2000, and I've been in the program uh, this time. I've been uh, sober since uh, 2000, basically. Um, Let's see. My, uh, uh, let's see. Hang on. Let me do. Let me trigger something here. Okay, that's better. Um, Yeah. So um, I guess these stories are about like what it was like what happened and what was it <laughs> something like that what what happened what it was like what happened now. anyway i experienced strength and hope something along those lines so i'll just try to get some of that in there um i guess my drinking story basically started when i was six um i was living overseas uh and you know expat as a kid already and um so my dad uh gave me a beer And I just, I remember this vividly. I was just, I drank the beer and I'm walking up the steps and I'm just kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun feeling. You know, this is kind of, this is what all this beer drinking is about. Cause um, at the time, like this is back in the seventies. There's like a lot of parties and, you know, expats and and stuff like, uh, (laughs) and lots of just crazy going to bars. Like dad had a motorcycle. So I'd be like on the back of his motorcycle driving around, you know, riding with him. And he would always go to these bars with coworkers. This is like in Trinidad and in guatemala so like basically you know developing countries so kind of like uh, like a lot <laughs> a lot lower bar of what's acceptable um over there so yeah. anyway, that that's kind of like so i just i guess the point of that is just like for me it was just all that was normal you know that that kind of drinking that kind of uh just love of of that relationship with alcohol it just as normal from from the beginning for me and um yeah, so then we moved back to the States. The the, the things calmed down a lot in uh, my household as far as that's as far as the drinking and my dad and whatnot. Um when I was sixteen, I was able to go to a boarding school. It was basically a state magnet school. And um in that case it was uh basically my first experience with sex, drugs, and rock and roll at sixteen. I just wasn't ready really. And um the people that I was with that, that were already like kind of gifted and talented whatever we're we're used to getting away with uh you know how to how to fly under the radar and uh but i wasn't (laughs) and so like one time this guy was with he wanted to get some everclear like let's drink everclear and so like that was the first so he was on his back and he uh started throwing up so we had to go and take care of him and so the ra came and so i got busted and uh, so that was so i got expelled basically um for drinking when i was 16 um, hardcore and I think like I said I was the people I was with were trying were they was, always you know that was kind of what you did and but I just didn't know how to get away with it yet yet and um so yeah um so yeah so I, I, I uh then I went to university eventually and then I got kicked out of university too for drinking imagine that how to get kicked out of university for I did because I was in a dormitory and um just kind of some some, some things happened, and um, so basically, just fast forward through like the, my twenties. Um, I consider it my like I call it the lost decade because I was just like I always just had crappy jobs, and yeah, you know, I would go to school for I'd go to university for a year, then I'd drop out for two years and move around. And I would had really crappy jobs and crappy roommates, and and you drank to put up with all this shit. Then you kept yourself in that situation because you're drinking, you know, it's just like kind of a vicious cycle, as it were. And, um, yeah. Um, fast forward to this. Oh yeah. And at the end, like in, in 98, so this is like, I was like 28 at the time. Um, I was sober for like six months and this was like, (laughs) literally, um, I just didn't want to be homeless. You know, I was just, I had the thing I could either, um, I, uh, was just in a situation where I was like going to be, without a, uh, I, I think I slept with my mom's on uh, my mom's for, for like a month or something. So I had to not drink. And so that was what that was about. And this, and then the, the situation I got in, um, I was living with a guy. Oh yeah. This guy was my sponsor, my boss, my landlord, what else? And so for like six months, I, he had, he owned an apartment complex and a business. So I was able to like live there. That's right. And, um, and so that's what that but I wasn't really done drinking yet I just didn't like I said I just said <laughs> I, I don't know some people I know I know friends of mine you know like this guy um his dad said uh you know either you quit drinking or you have to move out and like he's like bye dad he was homeless for like three years because he just so drinking was that much meant that much to him um but in my case I just like that I didn't I didn't want to be, sober. I be uh, homeless, so I didn't want to be a homeless so I stopped drinking at that time for like six months um so then I started drinking again when I got the, got some cash up and got got back together. And then at this point, like my wife's Japanese, and um we had we met back in, like a long time ago we met, and then like we broke up because I wasn't getting my shit together, I wasn't because she moved back to Japan and um it just was taking me a long, long, long time to uh, get my shit get over here. And um, so finally she we got back together in like ninety nine the last year, and uh, that's when I finish my university, get everything. I was, the plan was to come to Japan in 2000. And, um, that's pretty much what I did. Um, so I drank that last year in 2000. And then I I was still drinking when I came over here. And so for me, the big thing about Japan was a geographical. And I came over here and, um, I was going to start a new life, you know, I was going to start a new life over here. And so, um, but the way I was drinking, I was just bringing that with me. So it was actually literally, um, it's manageable, you know, um, functional alcoholic there's it's it's no fun being a functional alcoholic i love that one there's no fun in being a functional alcoholic um so yeah so in 2000 i was um i was just uh you know little by little um i was working a little bit and drinking and then like there's like literally one day i had to teach a class at seven in the morning and um from seven till eight so i got out at eight i was like okay hair of the dog so i'm gonna get a hair of the dog at eight o'clock in the morning it didn't work i still felt like felt like shit and so I had another one and then guess what I'm I'm drunk at eight three in the morning and um so I drank that day during the day and I had I had work commitments that day that I had to cancel and so
1: yeah that for me
0: that was like drinking that was one time of drinking during the day and that was it just i call it like the tip of the iceberg I felt it all starting all over again you know just like you know I'm like I don't want to do this I don't want to do that over here and um And so I did. And so there was like that incident. And then like, there's a beer, there's beer machines over here. right? if you've heard of the beer machines and so, but they're supposed to shut off at 11 o'clock at night. And uh, so I got two beers and, and, uh, you know, two big tall boys. And then like, the thing was, I just, uh, um, I didn't, like I was working, I was getting paid on the table at the time. So I'd cash the cash packet. So I just took out my thousand, my, my $10 and gave the rest to my wife. And then like, I had to go into her purse to get the money that I'd just given her to get more beer. A couple of times in the morning, she's like, You went into my purse to get the money? She's like, She like, for her, that was like proof that I was a real alcoholic because I couldn't just stop. I had to go into her purse to get my money. <laughs> and so for her, I just think it's in this culture, I don't know, there's something like that. You two should have been enough, you know, you don't have to get six or eight. So yeah, but it's like, so just within that week, with like three or four little things happening, just like, so basically on like a Sunday morning, um like it was great because my wife, my, you know, fiance at the time, um, we were kind of on the same page. You know, she's like, it's don't you think it's time to chew? And I go back to those meetings. And she's like, yeah, I go back to those meetings. And so, and, um, then on Monday I, I came back and, and uh, Tokyo, um, Tokyo, uh, AA. And I've been here ever since. um, yeah, just one thing real quick with us. A lot of times a, a very common story over here with people with Japanese spouses and wives especially is that they'll say, you know, the, the culture is different over here. Like their drinking is kind of what you do. They just put up with there's um, if you drink at uh, work parties and you, you tell off your boss, you know, like and here's another thing I think about you like that's acceptable over here because that's that that's just really, um, oh, he was drunk. It's OK. So there's a lot of um um so anyway so a lot of spouses a lot of friends of mine that have japanese wives would say like you know their wives were like oh don't be so rash you don't have to quit drinking you know why why, quit drinking you know like don't don't be too rash you can still drink and so luckily my wife didn't do that she was like yeah you should stop drinking i agree with you and so it was great and um yeah so then um tokyo a at first my first sponsor her name was liz great 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 so we did the steps we didn't do with the book she just basically like for example step three was like do you believe I'm like i believe She's like, okay good now we'll do inventory next week so it was just very um you know alternative and she didn't um I, even when we did this the fourth and fifth with her i just i didn't write anything out i just did it you know fourth and fifth at one and then um and so it was really good um to do it i, I think that I, that would have been the only way for me to do it was that way at the time and um over the years I've had different people say like, Oh, you didn't write down your inventory. You're going to drink. So I would like listen to them, you know, for some reason. So then I went back to her and like, I want to do another inventory, another, you know? And so we did like out of Hazelden, Hazelden worksheet. So she still was not doing the prescribed method for the book, which is good. And um, yeah, so I just, I was able to, I mean, I was, unfortunately I was listening to people around me that saying like, Oh, you got to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Well, Finally, I finally realized, you know, very, you know, recently is that when somebody says, you know, you have to do this to stay sober, basically, I had to do this to stay sober, you know, like, I, so I've been able to discount that whenever I hear people say that, like, no, it's not, it's not, um, not the way anyway. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and, and I was I founded a uh, co founder of a free thinkers meeting here in Tokyo. Um, it's still active. It's still going on. This is at the same time as like uh, this must have been like twenty twelve something like that and so I did find the free thinkers meeting. It was good and um I found that one um, yeah i don't I don't think I have much more to say. just it's been uh, kind of, um, yeah, expat small communities a lot of times small communities and you know it just really kind of gets after a while, you just like it becomes personalities. <laughs> too much and so that you know there's a lot of that there's just a lot of um but you just have to deal with it you know like I don't get along with this person get along with, that's fine just but they all there's not that many meetings to go to so I have to kind of grin and bear it sometimes um yeah, um yeah just recently so I just now started going to the uh, agnostic online meetings about about a year and a half ago and I can't go back. I can't, just like they say that the, uh, the AA ruins your drinking, you know, agnostic and secular meetings have ruined regular meetings, you know, traditional meetings for me. I just can't, they just don't speak to me. And it's like, not by choice. It's just the way it is. And, um, yeah. Um, so it's good to be here. Um, to just, you know, still be, if I can be, you know, like experience, strength and hope, I have no idea, but you know, just, uh, I think for me, I just kind of end with this is that like, it's really important for me to know that, um, the drinking, the way that I drink, I, drinking means something different to me than it does to other people, you know, and it really does. And that, uh, you know, I I, I I could either drink, Somebody's mentioned Mad Dog earlier. It's like, yeah, I remember Mad Dog. <laughs> I could either drink and that's how I would drink, you know, That's I could either drink or I could have a life worth living. And so for today, I choose to have a life worth living and uh, be among the living again. So, and I think that's, that's all I got. Thank you.